This episode has been recorded three times, and I'm very grateful to have my sister on board in midst of this conversation with me. It's been a very long time coming, worrying about sound quality, worrying about topics, trying to figure this thing out, and sometimes you just need to do it. So this is us just doing it, redoing it, and doing it well, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, bud. Hey. Are you ready? You ready, ready. We're back. And we're off. It's actually been a while since I've been recording. I finally feel like I have a voice for the brand. I finally feel like I'm able to connect with people who understand the voice of Broke Black Bougie and what Broke Black Bougie is. So there is no other better time than to just come back with the realness, with real ass conversations and speak to creating candid conversations surrounding life, money, and wellness for Black millennial women who understand well (laughs) what it means to live through brokenness, Blackness, and bougie-ass lifestyles. Mama, James Brown says it's a man's world. It's it's that man's world. Mm Mm-hmm. And this black world is living in it. Mm. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> so, with all of that being said, I'm welcoming you all back to the Broke Black Bougie podcast. We have a great conversation in store today. Our theme Our motto for today is about cleaning up messes. Stay tuned. I'm back. I quit all that stuff. I told you he was clean. I don't care. Look, I'm straight, man. Can't you see I'm straight? He's straight. Listen to him. Name that movie. Nigga. <laughs> 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 oh, you so wrong. <laughs> you so wrong. Even though Eddie... Oh, not Eddie. Well, Eddie Kane. Even though Eddie Kane and David Ruffin both were, you know, used as examples of Brother Man who was just on that stuff... This actually is a scene from The Temptations. How fucking dare you? Give me your black card. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, like you, you put them together. You put Eddie and Ruffin together. But it's pain. The difference between Eddie and well, the difference between the five heartbeats and The Temptations was we used to think the 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 five heartbeats was actually a group. And the real group that with a five in it was the five tops. They made this shit and combined everybody's story. The four tops. I knew that. <laughs> Fifth flow. Let it go. Got it. Okay, cool. So, yeah. So, that's why I was like, 
Damn, I was actually looking for the... Melvin, get behind that tree. I'm going to get a whooping mama. He said something like that. But that was just so sad. <laughs> just... Grown-ass men still getting whoopings. <laughs> still getting whoopings. But, you know, um, clean it up messes. Right? Clean it up, clean it up messes. Messages. Messes. That's the motto for, 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 for today. Um, I was reached out to by a subscriber of the podcast and they're like you know I have a topic I really need you to talk about and it fell at a time where in my life personally I had friends who were telling me their narratives that fell into the same shit right so basically the subscriber was asking if we could have a conversation about child identity theft um, when the child was, when the child was 16, their parent took out a loan in their name for $3,000 to deal with some bills. They didn't specify which bills, but to deal with some bills. And by the age of 20, when uh, the young individual is ready to move out on their own and try to, you know, adult and do what it is being an adult, right? Get a house, um, get some lights turned on, you know, maybe maybe a vehicle, even something like that. They were met with a hard no due to having a bill that fell into collections, which was that $3,000, right? Boom. Right. When the subscriber confronted their parent about it and taking care of the situation they were met with friction Mm -hmm. um and so the question was how do you navigate situations like this boom just the other day because your girl you know me i like to talk you know i like to talk so i'm on the phone with you know a good friend and it's the same shit my credit was shot since birth. And I'm like, yo, this is really something that we do need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because there are children who are trying to get their own and gain their own independence. And somehow, some way, they're trapped by messes that other people create for them. How would you deal with this scenario? How would I do? Um, honestly, that's hard. Mm-hmm. I do. When you hear stories of parents using their kid's name for a light bill here, a car note here, or a taking out a, a loan to pay off whatever bill, if it truly is a bill, they're not realizing, yes, that's for the moment mm-hmm. it's going to help you out right you are causing damage to that child mm-hmm. not even realizing in the long haul they got to grow up too right and when they get older and they want to do these things that they think that they have good credit or they have um uh uh, uh or they're able to take out you know whatever the case may be whether it be a loan whether it be trying to purchase a vehicle mm-hmm. purchase a, that stuff falls back on them Right. 
And when you got Linda saying, well, I can't give you this because of this. And I seen in your past uh, credit history that you haven't paid your bills on time. And that's not even their doing. How fair to them is that? It's not. It's, and yet sometimes you can't always approach your parent if they're not willing to discuss what they did in the first place. Right. So I, I really don't be honest. I really don't know how, how to approach that. I don't. To me, that would be hard. You said something that was really important, and it was just like just thinking about the future outcomes of impacting your child's credit, right? Right. People tend to forget that when we were growing up, we would hear shit like boo-boo, whoever, boo-boo the fool took out a loan in Cousin Coco's name. (laughs) And it's because they credit effed up. And now the child got some shit open on their credit report. And you know for a fact that since the day that credit line was open, the shit was never getting paid back. <laughs> you just knew it. You just knew it. And the only thing you can do is have your heart like go out to them. Because at this point, motherfuckers really dealing with you done fucked up your own credit. Mm-hmm. You did that. You know, you you made your financial issues. You, you know, decisions, whatever that may be. Now you opening up somebody else's credit. There's an issue. There's an underlying issue here that got to be addressed. And it goes into access and talking about poverty, right? On the grand scheme, we, we, we're looking at it. Issues of access, issues of poverty, right? Sur- survival methods people take when they don't have it or they're not able to access certain things. So... If I need this bill due and I don't got nowhere else to turn, I'm not dealing with the lights going off again. I'm not dealing with not having no food in here. I'm not dealing with having my car shut down. So I'm going to take this one for the team. And I'm going to just have to take it out of my child's name. This is how people think. This is not how I'm saying. I think because if it was me, how I would do it was if I needed to, to, to take that step, in universe willing, I won't have to do that. Mm-hmm. There would need to be a conversation had with my child. And by the time they turn X, Y, and Z, it needs to be paid off for. Because over four years, over five years, you would think that the money would be paid off. Well, whatever was borrowed would be paid off so it won't hurt the child. And oftentimes, people take, take, take. And not understand how it impacts the child. So then it's like, the child is the one that's asked out. It's not fair. It's not. You know, it's crazy. In 2019, you know, we don't hear comedians talk about that anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. You know how back in the day where you had some comedians would mention like, you know how your mother got your doggone... Uh, uh, will use your name for a light bill mm-hmm. and golf sense, or has used your name for this, that, and the third, and yet now you over here 
30 years of age wondering how the hell you got this bill you ain't never had that Monte Carlo <laughs> yeah who who stand up special was that I gotta find it I hate um, you <laughs> I just, but it's crazy because you don't hear stuff like that nowadays Mm-mm. but it's not to say that it has never happened mm-hmm. or that it's not continuing to happen and I know for a fact that we know people in our family that have done that Mhm. And yet, don't even second, you know, second guess it and just and just do it for themselves. Like I said, it's just, it's just for the moment, for whatever the case may be that you feel is right at mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. Your eyes is right. I'm not saying you personally. But I'm saying you to the person that's doing it. Uh, yeah, of course. It's right, but it's like yo, it's just the ignorance. Of saying like, okay, I can do this and a third, but yeah, not realizing like, like, what do you think a child's gonna be able to do and survive when they when they when they become an adult when they when they start to adopt, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like, how do you how do you put that together for them? People don't often think about how they can put it together though, because it's such a temporary thing. Like when we look at bandwidth and we look at access and we look at how poverty literally disrupts a home right as people who have lived through these experiences sometimes people people are not thinking that far into the future they're thinking about what can resolve the issue right now and there are no other options maybe because that person might have shot credit from a few mistakes that they've made or they probably can't get credit they probably don't have family members to turn to or lean on to help them through their situation because there might be a cycle of poverty or some systemic ash issue that exists in their family they might not have good relationships with their family members you know there are multiple reasons why people may be like okay my only other option is to take out something in my child's name because we're talking about sacrifice at this moment in time. And there are a lot of people who will make those sacrifices, but also make sure that their child is straight in the future, right? I know people who have taken out loans and people's names for the right reasons and have done the shit for the wrong reasons. Taking out VCRs and shit that's no longer able to be in use anymore. Mm-mm. The technology is obsolete. No longer in session. D-O-N-E. Done. If the shit break, ain't nobody going to be able to fix it. Computer stores don't fix this shit anymore. You know, so it's like... When it comes out of survival, I can respect that because I understand what it means for people to like be on tooth and nail trying to figure out all right, how are they going to survive this? But when it comes down to individuals who are like using it for stupid shit and it it later impacts their child, I'm not with that. Mm -hmm. If you really want some some boss shit or you really want to help your child, if you good with money management, if you got a good credit score, take your damn child's, put, put your child as an eligible user so you help build their credit instead of attack their credit. I mean, doesn't that make sense? Or am I just going crazy in here? Beetlejuice. I think, think, you know, when you say about helping them build their credit, when you look at like Mm Experian, 
all these other websites that helps people to build credit or yet yeah, look where you stand on your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's important to know how important credit is. Right. I never understood how important credit is until I wanted to take out something. Mm-hmm. And yet, the crazy shit about it is you get penalized mm-hmm. for having a low credit score. Mm-hmm. Someone that has a higher credit score. Right. And it's like, yo, a person that got a 780 credit score can get a a, a, a 3% uh, APR income. rate. Uh, yeah, on a loan. Compared to somebody that got a 640, they got to pay um, 6%. Jam. So. Oh, jam. <laughs> jam. Teddy, Jeff, me. That's what it feel like when you got good credit. <laughs> <laughs> But zub, zub, zub. It's eye-opening. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I, love I love it, I love it, I love it. But it's eye-opening because you don't realize those things until you start to, when you become an adult, and yet you start to figure out things that you want to do, mm-hmm. and yet sometimes your credit will hinder you from doing a lot. Right. So and what, push through. What you have access to as well, right? Yes. Um, I think both of our credit experiences have been similar because we've used our credit scores to supplement and be like an extra income in our household. (laughs) And in return, the only thing that it did was destroy our credit. So like, I remember when I started having credit issues, it was like when I was managing those three credit cards and you know, some people got clothes and shit on their credit cards and stuff like this. I got grown folks shit on my credit card. You know what I'm saying? Like, responsibilities and shit. Groceries. Groceries. Food. You know what I'm saying? Like, priorities. Paying bills. Paying bills. Right. Small bills. But yeah, Small bills. But, 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 you know, they grow over time. So, it's like, when I realized that I was in a hole, it was getting to the point where my freaking um bill collectors were calling me right i had to deal with uh my check already getting you on a payment plan you 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 making a check you might only get four hundred dollars this week that shit automatically gone you know uh credit score being shot i remember being a part of the 700 club and then seeing that shit dwindle down to a number that I don't even want to say out of my mouth because it's so embarrassing, right? And having to build that up. Like, when you when you have good credit, mm-hmm. oh, there's no doubt you can access this apartment, have this type of credit card, get a nicer credit card with a nicer APR rate, catch some miles on your card. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. all of those things. And then when you don't got credit, the shit stops. Everything stops. Because you're no longer a credible person to lend to. And that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case, but yet people look at that. 
And that's one of the major things that a person that's trying to rent you an apartment, a person that's trying mm-hmm. to get you a call, a person that's trying to leave, uh, give you a loan. That's the main thing they look for is that credit score. Girl, when I first found my first apartment, I explained to, I should have known that they were slumlords, but I explained to the person that like, oh yeah, you know, I have some hardships before, but I don't want that to deter me. I pay my rent on time and blah, blah, blah. If I knew, oh, I would have started working on cleaning up my shit faster to not be in a place where it's just like, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't come to, to fix shit in a timely fashion. The apartment a little bit, you know, it's not run down, but it's an older building. It has older building issues, right? Mm -hmm. Just seeing like the quality of living that Mm -hmm. you can have Mm -hmm. with a good credit score versus a bad credit score. Like there are some people who who have fair credit or Mm -hmm. poor credit and who do live in great spaces because people have given them an opportunity to build on their shit. But that's Mm -hmm. very rare there are some people who are just looking at the money and looking at the score and seeing that I don't want to risk having you here. And don't be black with bad credit because my golly, bet you by golly, wow, your ass is not getting in this apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, can't search here, you know? Don't stop, can't stop, rock and fuck records, baby. Just can't stop, don't stop. (laughs) Stupid. I remember when I, uh, first purchased my my uh uh vehicle mm-hmm. a, a, a actual an actual good car <laughs> a good a good car a good car um and he asked me what my credit score was and I told him and he was like wow for you to be this age with a credit score like that that's a good thing and mm-hmm. I thought that was a blessing but you know as time progressed on and like you said with the credit cards I mm-hmm. had two but yet you know with me getting sick like you said right. being in the but income in the household to help you had groceries you had other bills that you were paying with that with that with such credit card mm-hmm. like you said but yeah that was small bills add over over time right add up excuse me over time and it's like yo i started so far behind with the payments mm-hmm. and um it it was like yo how the hell do you go from a 700 something credit score to going down to five dollar foot long. It don't make sense. Nigga, six inch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't even going no further than that. No. It, it took me a minute to get back to where I where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many other things that were coming my way. You know, even after the time with you know the um them closing the credit card, but there was still added interest right. on that. Right. So even that plays a factor. Yeah, you had good credit at one point, and then that shit went down the tubes, and then now you got to end up paying not only the money that you owe off the card, but you had the added interest to that card. Girl, imagine dealing with this shit when it's an issue that you ain't even caused. Yeah, yeah. It just just think about it. Just just think about it, like. Thinking back to the subscriber and their issue with trying to approach a parent who was unwilling to budge. Like, I took it out in, you know, I made I made the sacrifice. Like, how do you deal with that? 
my 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 biggest issue in this is people not understanding no matter how you slice it or dice it if a conversation is not had it is child identity theft and more than 1 million children were victims of identity theft and fraud in 2017 according to javelin strategy and research two-thirds of those who were affected by child identity theft were age seven or younger. Now, the total of this study, right? Like the, the, and digits, we talking about digits for fraud against children in 2017 alone was 2.6 billion. $2.6 billion. And they say that child identity theft is often from, from this study that was done, of course, two years ago, but it's still very relevant to the conversation that we're having, was 33%. 33% of perpetrators who commit the fraud is either a family friend. They said 18% is either like a partner or a spouse. Now, here's what gets me. I need to know the demographic of motherfuckers that they researched to get this study yes. done and who they were talking about. Cause you know, and black folks with black folks, <laughs> you know, I do believe it is a family friend, but oftentimes it is the sacrifices of the parent, right. Or, uh, or the guardian to help make ends come together. And so in that sense, we don't look at it as child identity theft, right? We look mm-hmm. at it as survival. But it becomes like, what do I do when I grow up and I get older and I need to adult and I'm stuck with the situation of dealing with a fucking collection bill in my name? How do you handle it? But you know what you said? That's so that's so key. When you say when you said, excuse me, that it is um, um, child uh, identity theft. It is. What I'm saying is, like you said, they're not thinking about it in that sense. No. There's new terms. Mm-hmm. They have too new, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> not, not thinking about child identity theft right. at all. This is my child. I can't put it in my name because I have such and such credit score, and I know for a fact that they're not going to help me. They're going to turn them off. So I had to put this in my child's name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily thinking about it in that sense. They're so different. They're so many terminologies now that's out that I don't think people really would have thought of years back when stuff like this was happening when i mean and you know not even being funny but i have heard conversations about a parent using their child's name Mm -hmm. and yet not even thinking twice about it being child identity theft no and sometimes i feel like depending on the type of parent right we're gonna call Mm -hmm. it what it is depending on the type of parent some parents feel like they own that own their children and that that decision that they made is just it's the end all be all that's the result but there's damage there's future damage and there's like relationship damage that happens when that shit occurs because right now the child's future is being hindered and so if that does not pay it off what do you do i know a friend who got into this bind right this idea of your credit being shot since birth and she paid it off. She confronted her parent. It didn't really work out as, 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 as she intended, but she ended up paying it off. I knew another individual who was like, I want to 
talk to each of the bureaus, 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 right? I be pronouncing shit really weird. Yeah. You know, uh, agencies. I'm with you with that one. You know, agencies and shit. The three credit agencies. And talk to them about how at the time where this collection was open, they couldn't have taken this out with consent. So this needs to be taken off of their account. And Mm. they need to speak with the agency where the collection was taken out because it is a level of fraud. Then you're dealing with bringing in legal systems and shit right. into this. And with dealing, no, with knowing our community, mm-hmm. right, and the treatment of us already being in the legal system, that shit is nowhere near where people want to take this. They just want to resolve the issue, have a good cre- credit score, and be able to maneuver the world without having this be a worry. Because it's no joke. It's damage. So, like, how do you prevent it? Well, for kids who, who, who may be tuning in and are concerned, there's a few ways you can limit the risk of child identity theft. One, that's lim- limiting inf- um, information about those who have access to mm-hmm. your personal information, such as your social security number, where you live, things of that nature. And that's really hard, especially if you live with a, a motherfucking parent, like, Really, what's going on? Mm-hmm. The other thing that people can do is freeze their credit. So a credit freeze is having the ability to go to any of the credit credit agencies and freeze your credit so nobody can pull, you can't pull information or tack anything onto your credit. It's frozen. Nothing will show up. So that way it won't be any new credit lines open or mm-hmm. anything unnecessary added to your report. When it gets this far and an individual is like saying, hey, I'm talking to a family member and they're not willing to resolve the situation. Y'all need to come up with a payment plan or some shit like that. Or other than that, if you don't really want to go down that route and you really want to avoid all the negativity, I say pay it off yourself. It's not the most, it's not the best, best situation and the most ideal situation because you didn't cause it, right? But if you're going to be beating a dead horse, walk away. Walk. Away. Away. It's, it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Like you said, if somebody's not willing to have that discussion with you and is like blowing it off or felt like they were entitled to do that mm-hmm. for whatever whatever means like really like this be be open and transparent let that individual know why you did it mm-hmm. and yet, what do you want to do in order to help them fix whatever it is that's on their credit report you know and, and that's just so hard for so for, for so many people like people don't want to discuss things that that have caused huh. somebody else and it's like there's no reason to 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 cover it up because the damn sheet has been pulled from the damn bed. I see what's going on here. Responsibility and accountability is yeah. two of the things that people. Oh my fucking god! Like it's you're pulling teeth. It's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing, but it's definitely important in situations like this. 
so I've been going through some changes, right? And I think um, as I reflect on what it means to be an adult and live in this space (laughs) without having to be on my reading rainbow shit, because Lord knows, betcha by golly, wow, I love that show. Um, Being at work sometimes pisses me off. And it pisses me off, not because I don't like the work that I do or I don't like the organization that I work for, but because people don't know how to interact with you as a black body, right? As a black woman. Right. And when I think about being black at work, Right, which is what this segment is called, Black at Work. (laughs) Black, oh, you're black. (laughs) I just think about some, some pros and some cons of being in the workspace and just talk, talking about that today. So a pro for me was I was able to lean in with other black women who express some of their insecurities and some of their confidence surrounding their position and where they are right now, like where that is going to take them, their future plans. A con for me is I'm realizing that even in the most progressive spaces, anti-blackness exists yes even in whether it's corporate whether it's in social justice organization anti-blackness exists and when james baldwin talked about being in a constant state of rage it's something that i consistently feel when i interact with anti-blackness the moment i interact with it i can't fucking shake it Mm. so that's my con what are your pros and cons for the week? Um, like you said, uh, pros is dealing with other black women, embracing each other, encouraging each other, mm-hmm. saying how beautiful each other are, are when we <laughs> are together, and yet just boosting each other no matter who sees it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I, I was thinking about when you were talking? Another pro is me being in my black skin, being comfortable who I am, what mm-hmm. I am doing mm-hmm. in my Right. Um, a con, like one of the biggest cons for me, I have to say, is my name. When you get individuals who are not black, of course, when you introduce yourself to say what you're doing and they say, Oh, well, I never heard it before. And then my reply is, well, now you have. Mm -hmm. And they'll look at me. You know, I used to get annoyed with that. Like I didn't even want to, like I wanted to cut my name short to make it easier for them. But then I had to check myself on that. I'm like, yo, not for nothing. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is the birth name that I was given, that I was blessed to have. Mm -hmm. who I am and whether or not if you think it's different if you think it's weird that you've never heard before now you have and now you have met one 
you have met a Latoya. Mm-hmm. So whenever you meet another strong black African American woman with a name like mine's, just remember you have all you you have you have heard that name once before. Period. They need to put some respect on your name. I, girl, you want to talk about names and fearing your name and not having confidence about your name. I remember being told that my name was Ghetto. Right? Because they hear a name and because it's not a Susan or a Rebecca or a Sandy or, or a Julia, it's, it's a problem. But even sometimes, right, when we think about black names, there have been studies where mm-hmm. black sounding names or or names that come from our community often don't get as many callbacks because of the biases people hold to a name and associate that with blackness mm-hmm. right and it's even persuaded some people to within our community to shy away from black sounding names because they want their child to have access to opportunity because all of this like all all of this this fucking idea of having a name that white culture accepts is us focusing on existing in a white gaze, right? Falling into the systems and status quo of white supremacy and how that operates in, in our society. So here in Latoya or Charlisa, those are names that you automatically can hear and be like, oh, that's a black girl. Mm-hmm. Right, and you mm-hmm. get the name. You working in the medical field and hearing motherfuckers say, "Oh, that's interesting." White people have no tact, okay? No. And it's really irritating to motherfucking hear a Robert or a Dick come into your to your to to to, to your examination room and have the the motherfuckers. Oh, I don't need you to pinpoint my name. Worry about why your ball juice is dripping all around town, and you need to be at the damn doctor's. Worry about that. Right. and it and it and it amazes me because like i said when i hear you know when sometimes you know you it got to the point where i had to literally say and now you have and that's all they all you need to say no period i'm not gonna explain nothing to you i'm about to to do your ekg get Mm -hmm. your blower and get you up and out of here so you can get going for your surgery period and there's nothing else that needs to be explained, but it's frustrating as fuck when you're in the workspace and you always have to defend your blackness instead of automatically being respected for your blackness. But because we know what world we live in and what systems we live under. And what president we got trying to run the country. Girl, that man keep is a keyword trying. Uh, celebrity. Keyword trying. My last president was uh, President Barack Obama. I know no other presidents after him. Blame, right. blame. But no, it's 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 very it's very valid. And if it wasn't for a black woman and workspaces, I think that it would be so much fucking harder, so much fucking harder to maneuver because we take care of each other. We have to. Period. Like this episode of Broke Black Bougie? Well, follow Broke Black Bougie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In the need for more content, head to www.brokeblackbougie.com for the latest articles. Oh, and be sure to sign up for the newsletter. It's pretty cool. I want to thank you all for your consistent support. 
for Broke Black Bougie and can't wait to continue talking in your ear. (laughs) Talk soon.